Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings. We are your Scottish wedding. Your go-to wedding planning magazine, both in print and online. From inspiration to realisation, plan your perfect wedding with us. This is the podcast to learn about the Scottish wedding industry. Find out about the good, the bad and the magical that the Scottish wedding industry has to offer. From suppliers to real life weddings, our own take on everything weddings. We promise you'll have a fantastic time listening. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Let's plan your perfect wedding. that when we're speaking to couples from our real weddings and the amount of grooms who've actually gone shopping but have been able to choose a specific diamond as well when they have been having one designed and I think I love the person the personalization there and also the thought process that's gone into it if it's a groom who is or a bride someone proposing with a ring as opposed to giving their partner the option to go shopping that they have then taking the time and the effort to go and mark out the exact specifications of it find their diamond find the gemstones and they choose the setting as well So welcome back to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Today we are dealing with engagement rings. Um, And just within our little team of Katie, Mallory and myself, we have got very different opinions on what is involved in getting an engagement ring, how much needs to be spent on an engagement ring. Um, And let's just not talk about custom design versus store-bought versus whatever, maybe. Well, we will get into that, of course. So let's start with the very, very obvious elephant in the room. And that's how much should be spent on a engagement ring. So Katie, I believe it's supposed to be what, two to three months salary is traditionally said? So they say traditionally, but actually I was looking through something for a recent feature that we were doing just for the website and it said, whatever my source was to say, that is actually just something that came about from a very clever advertising campaign mm-hmm. from one of the big jewelers back in the day. So don't know why they plucked <laughs> this. Well, I do know why they plucked this. I don't know. Obviously, the bigger the diamond, the more money you're getting. But um, yeah, it's one of those things that seems to have become like a common folklore that this is what you must be spending. I don't think I know anyone who spent that much on an engagement ring. And mine definitely wasn't that much. And Although my husband did offer me a bigger one at the time, I said, no, I'm happy with mine because I didn't want to feel like I was wearing costume jewellery, really. But I think Mal, you and I have very different opinions on this. Three months. But is that net or is it gross? Is it after all of the bills are paid or is it your entire like check? Like how, how much? This is something that I've actually discussed with my boyfriend because he works field service. So when he's at home working in the where the like the, the workshop and he gets his base salary, he will earn X amount. But when he goes away on a job, so if he goes abroad or to a different location, then that salary increases quite handsomely. So we need to, you know, say is this the uh 
three months base salary or is it three months of field service salary? Because, you know, we could be talking tens of thousands of pounds on a ring <laughs> if we're looking at field service salary. So I always say, no, it's got to be the max, the max earning potential per month. <laughs> and three months of that. So really, you're not getting engaged within three months then. That's looking at at least a year, maybe more of a person trying to save up the equivalent of three months salary. That's why I joke it's taking him so long to prepare. <laughs> he's just saving up. He knows the pressure on him. Right? That's to be amazing. Absolutely. So Mel, talk us through your reasoning as to why you think it should be the three months. So... I mean, they sort of, a ring would signify your devotion and commitment and, and love for that person. So I think you should really be spending a, a reasonable amount of money um, to show that you really, I'm going to say it sounds back, I'm going to say show that you really care about that person. But obviously, if you didn't have enough to, you don't want to bankrupt yourself doing it. And obviously, some people will have more than others. So, you know, but I, it's all relative I suppose so if you only earn a small amount per month it would still be a huge impact to you to spend three months of your salary on that ring you know you might it might be a, a lower cost ring than someone who earns a really high salary but it's all relative to you know the sort of the spend for you so yeah I think it just shows that you put a lot into it yeah, I was going to say, does it matter if it's a ring that he pays up instead of buys outright? So that's something that I've been looking into, um, sort of tips for proposing and things. And I don't know what I would rather because I, I can be quite picky and fussy over what I like. So I really want a surprise. I would like a surprise ring, like blown away. Whoa. But if it's something that I'm then like, oh that's not my style then I'd be really disappointed so is it better to propose with a, you know a temporary ring and then take that person to go shop for a ring or like you say pay up that ring I mean if he's if he's paying it up it really makes no difference because you get it at the start and then you pay your your payments to own it but, um yeah we do I want to be surprised with a ring or do I want to choose my own ring? That's like, I really don't know. I was surprised. I, really I did not see my proposal coming at all. And Graham actually proposed with his granny's old ring. So Aww. I know it was gorgeous. It was in Italy, which is he knew would be what I wanted and got down in one knee. I think he might have got down in two knees, actually. Anyway, <laughs> he got uh, down on one knee. Then he proposed with this ring, um, but made it clear, this is on loan from my mum and we'll choose you whatever ring you want. But it turned out I went for pretty much the same style. Um, just so happens we got engaged the year after Kate Middleton and Prince William's wedding. So I did end up with the classic sapphire surrounded by diamonds. But... My mum's sapphire engagement ring was a trilogy and I absolutely love it. So I'm like, well, I always knew I wanted sapphires too. So it's not totally being influenced by the royal wedding. But again, because mm. he offered me a bigger one than I actually went for. I'm like, no, because I don't want to feel like I'm firstly looking like a, a, a Kate Middleton wannabe. And I just didn't want to feel like I was wearing costume jewellery. 
But yeah, so I got the surprise. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't want something that looks too fake. Like it could just be a big cubic zirconium that you're flaunting around. I want it to look. That's why I quite like the idea of um, an antique piece or an mm-hmm. heirloom, like you were saying he used to propose to you. I love that idea. What happens to the heirloom? Did it go back to his mum? It went back to his mum, yeah. So I think it was lying in his sock drawer for about a month or two afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Having snuck it through airport security, it then ended up back in the drawers. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know there was some like was it heirloom that um you know could be could be used to propose to me. I would I would really opt for that. Yeah. Would you want to keep the heirloom then, or is it just like that act of being proposed to with an heirloom one, and then getting to choose your dream ring afterwards? No, I, I'd want to keep it. <laughs> I couldn't give it back. <laughs> so, do you want two engagement rings then? An heirloom one to be proposed to, and then an engagement one that you get to choose. Absolutely. Yeah, because then like you could pass that down. That would be lovely. Well, interesting. You could then inherit it later on and then Yeah. It is the one thing on my will, because I'm that organized that we have wills now. It's the one named thing I have that will go to my daughter is that she will get my engagement ring. Anything else in the house they can divide however they want between them, but no, it's the ring will go to her. Mm. That's lovely. See, my lovely partner has said that he wants to spend lots of money on an engagement ring because he feels like that's what you're meant to do. And I said, don't you bloody well dare. Excuse my French. Um, One, I'm a klutz. And so I don't want something that I'm going to be terrified of losing or knocking or anything like that. But also for me, I would rather that that money gets spent on other things like a dog or the wedding itself or deposit to a house or whatever it is but I think I'm my what kind of dog on that probably oh so many of them it doesn't even matter what <laughs> kind <laughs> I've even said the dog can be the proposal like I don't need the ring I've got so many rings it's fine <laughs> um but I think that also has come from my parents when they got married couldn't afford rings themselves so they got given silver rings that were my grandparents' mm-hmm. rings, which I now have both of them. And then dad upgraded mum's ring when we were in Mozambique to a nice, lovely ruby, which she's passed on to me and I will then pass on. Um, so I've got like three of my parents' wedding rings <laughs> because dad just keeps like upgrading them. I was saying before we started recording, my dad doesn't wear a wedding ring, but that's because he lost his last one somewhere on the beaches somewhere in Europe and that happened so often Um, too so often (laughs) my mom was terrified she'd lost hers when we were swimming in the north sea together because she went yeah oh katie's wearing hers that's fine i'll wear mine and then panic the next morning when she couldn't find her engagement ring turns out it was looped in our watch strap the whole time but it was that initial tears of oh my goodness i've lost it and hers was an antique as well so like the gold in it is so so thin it's worn away but it's beautiful, yeah. beautiful ring. 
Well, it's funny what you say about sapphires, because when my dad lived in Sri Lanka, he did actually upgrade my mom's ring to the the one that she has now and and doesn't take off. And it's a sapphire and diamond one as Mm -hmm. well. And so again, I've I've not had like, they never had pure diamond ones. It's always been different. So it was the ruby and then sapphire and stuff. So I've never felt inclined to want a diamond ring. I think it's what you're used to, because I never wanted just a diamond ring. I say just a diamond ring. I know that is that's what so many people want and but for me it was always going to be a colored gemstone yeah exactly how about you mel yeah see i've mostly something to do with a sapphire diamond ring for that generation Mm -hmm. because my mum has one as well and um i plan to wear that on my wedding day as my something blue and my something borrowed as well which is actually um, sophie habu plans to wear hers for uh, her grandmother's blue uh, sapphire ring for her wedding in seville as well which i thought was really nice um but that's a nice thing to have as like a something borrowed i'm gonna end up adorned with all these gems (laughs) (laughs) but no i definitely i don't have just a diamond ring um, I have a, a gorgeous emerald. It's my birthstone mm. emerald, and I got um, I got oh, that gorgeous. for my thirtieth birthday oh, from nice. my mum, um, which is uh, an antique as well. We went and picked it out from an antique shop, and it's just gorgeous. Absolutely, I love, I love that sort of like mm. old fashioned style. Um, I don't. I, that sort of leads me on to um, lab grown gems as well. Like they carry a bit of a stigma for me. I don't think I'm into a lab grown. Gem. I'd like a real old-fashioned as I say I like the antique I like something that carries a bit mm. of a history and a story to it I think mm. lab grown is definitely the way that we're going and probably should be going when we're thinking about sustainability and how so many of these older gemstones Absolutely. have been um sourced in the first place and I think I love antique ones and I was doing a feature for maybe last year's one of the magazines and so much of the gold is recycled gold, the gold that's in circulation. Even if you're getting a new ring, it'll be recycled, a lot of it, which absolutely is the way we should be going. But I think lab-grown, it is exactly the same. It's the same genetic makeup as a mine diamond. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, you're not going to have all the yeah. all the faults that you would get in a mine diamond. But then I think we've also seen the rise of salt and pepper diamonds which do have the inclusions which are the fault the faults in them and that just gives it more character now and that's something that's totally come in vogue so it's just so interesting the fashions and how they change yeah i i love the inclusions i love that it looks Mm -hmm. real and natural that like the emerald that there's a huge inclusion in it but it it looks like it's clearly a real emerald to me whereas you see these um was it tourmaline tourmaline or something and it just looks like a a costume yes so yeah i'm all for the inclusion yeah actually i say that i'm all for lab grown now but whenever i was picking my engagement ring what 11 years ago or so I remember very much being uh, swayed away from them and it was like the lighter blue sapphires I was told at the time no but they're all created diamonds it wasn't even lab grown was the terminology then it was created created um, sapphires even and uh, so it's Mm. like it's not it was very much put to me as that it's not the real deal or the genuine article so I've actually got a really really dark sapphire Mm -hmm. which in certain lights can almost look black but again because it is a mind one 
I think it's good that it goes down that sustainability route and, and I'm all for um, repurposing and stuff. So I, I'm as well, I'm more inclined to want something that's more heritage, old mm-hmm. school, um, less inclined with the new designs. But I think part of that as well is my my style. Like I do prefer the older style. So if I had my choice, I would prefer, if it was going to be a new one, if it wasn't going to be an old one, I would prefer to design uh-huh. one rather than buy one that's already made what do you guys feel yeah I like that personal touch and I want it to be unique to me I don't want to feel like you know a hundred other people have the exact same ring that they went down to Bieber Brooks and chose the exact same style I want something that's like one in a million and I suppose that's what I say with a diamond it's like it's totally Mm. like it's rare and it's unique so I love that when we're speaking to couples from our real, real weddings and the amount of grooms who've actually gone shopping but have been able to choose a specific diamond as well when they have been having one designed. And I think I love the person the personalization there and also the thought process that's gone into it. If it's a groom who is, or a bride, someone proposing with a ring as opposed to giving their partner the option to go shopping that they have then taking the time and the effort to go and mark out the exact specifications of it find their diamond find the gemstones and they choose the setting as well Mm. Mm. I don't mind needing to pick mine I would actually really like to be surprised Mm -hmm. but also like um lovely mountain man was saying was um he really wants to choose something that means something to us so i said oh you can talk to this person and this person and they know my style it's all good and he's like no i don't want anyone else's input i want to find something that means something to us based on the way that i think and i was like oh yeah that that's that's quite nice i like that (laughs) but will you be dropping hints as to what you actually want well i say emeralds about five times a day but (laughs) whether he listens or not is another case no (laughs) I trust him to find stuff. Oh, um, <laughs> but it is it's I, I like the romanticism of of having someone choose one for you, but then there is that benefit if it's an activity that you to get do together. That's quite nice. But one thing I wanted to bring up actually is in um, Scandinavia, it's quite common that your engagement bands are actually simple, and the wedding band is the one that's all gemmed out and looks pretty. But then what's also common in Europe, and my brother has done this as well, um, is that he wears an engagement ring. So the man and the woman both wear engagement, man engagement ring. Man engagement ring. <laughs> I'm sure Ed Sheeran had a man engagement ring. So going back to what you said about diamond bands, I would definitely, I would want a diamond wedding band and a diamond engagement ring so I'm going for both I was actually discussing that we were doing this recording with uh, one of the mums at the school gate and she's probably married about as long as me and then the discussion was but do we do eternity rings then and I know that my best friend got that for I think she made it as far as her nine-year anniversary it was going to be 10 but uh and she just had a baby as well recently so that became a pushing present slash eternity ring <laughs> so what exactly is an eternity ring how is that different from engagement and wedding another ring? chance to get diamonds a lot of the time right I know, okay eternity <laughs> ring, i think just anecdotally i think it's become something that people 
can expect a little bit earlier than they perhaps used to. I think it used to be more like the really big anniversaries, like 25th wedding anniversary. But I know quite a few people who are around their 10th wedding anniversary. The discussion comes up about whether they're getting an eternity ring. Or again, it can okay. become something that's an eternity ring. It can be given as a pushing present for when you have babies. Mm. But mm. yeah, it's not on my on my list. I'm 10 years this year and uh, I just want a really good holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it all kind of comes back to um, preferences, isn't mm, it? Totally. And, and who you are as a person, whether or not, yeah. <laughs> so do we know any of the history behind engagement rings and why they happened so i was doing a bit of research into this actually earlier and um i was reading that they were first worn in ancient rome and it would have been as a sign of ownership of that person which sounds a bit scary to be owned by somebody um, and also they didn't originally have diamonds in them either i think they were made of more sort of simple materials um, and diamonds only gained popularity in the late 1940s so it's been more mm. of a recent thing to sort of push diamonds i believe that was de beers that pushed that they did a huge marketing campaign around diamonds um and so i i from my recollection de beers was the company that really pushed that whole three months diamonds for engagement yeah and then i'm sure tiffany jumped on the bandwagon mm -hmm. after that as well um, like in my head, the two companies when I think engagement rings and wedding rings are Tiffany and De Beers. Yeah, and I read a bit more about um, by a business contract. So it seems very strange. Like, can you imagine doing business with people and giving them rings to, to shake hands huh. on, on a business contract? <laughs> um, and yeah, to uh, affirm your mutual love and it was obedience as well. So very scary terminology ah. there for the history of so we're happy to keep the jewelry just not all the sentiment behind it yeah i don't think obedience will be I'll on be my obedient. list <laughs> i i was not obedient that's what we've got dogs for <laughs> no, exactly that's what the puppies are for <laughs> obedience training <laughs> so do you guys feel like there's a right stone for engagements i think i'm still probably in the minority with coloured gemstones. I think, yes, they're growing in popularity again, but I think for probably nine out of 10, it's probably diamonds all the way. Mm. So De Beers really did do an amazing thing with their marketing. Oh yeah, millennials and Gen Z are um, sort of pushing the coloured gemstone trend. Um, I think a lot are opting more to have something like an emerald or a ruby or a sapphire over a diamond. I remember 10 years ago, because I did my master's degrees around um, De Beers, actually. I actually wrote about De Beers, but more about their corporate social responsibility. And I remember um, hearing a lot of people almost boycotting diamonds because they didn't believe in the background mm. of diamonds and, and diamond mining, etc. Um, so I wonder if we're kind of seeing the the highlight of that coming in now, where it's been a bit more of an underground movement before of this whole, well, I suppose the start of cancel culture um, now resulting in things like engagement rings being different from just just the diamonds. But even when we talk about coloured gemstones, I still think it'd be pretty rare to not have some diamonds involved in those sort of 
rings mm. as well. Like I say, I've got my halo of diamonds around my my big sapphire. Yeah, but there's really good alternatives to diamonds that are coming out as well, isn't there? Like there's one, I can't remember the name of them, but apparently they're much harder than diamonds and shine brighter mm-hmm. as well. Um, so there's lots of alternatives to diamonds now and you, you maybe wouldn't even be able to tell whether or not it was a diamond or something different. It'll depend on the salesperson at the time as well. Yeah. Like me being influenced to not go down a created look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be like someone saying, oh, zirconium because it looks shinier and brighter, and no one will know. But I would know. <laughs> and that wouldn't be okay I know. <laughs> so, Mel, you asked about dropping hints earlier um, to potential fiancés uh, coming up. How do you go about tipping or not tipping what you would like? I'm quite blunt about it. I, I'll say it as it is. And if anything sort of brings it up in conversation, then I'll just be straight in there with, no, I want this, or you're going to have to do this, or I'm expecting this. So no, he knows. <laughs> is there any way to be subtle about it? Like for, for those that don't want to go down the direct route? I wouldn't ask me. I'm about as subtle as a bull in Japanese. <laughs> Want that one. In a China diamond shop. <laughs> I want this one. Oh no, oh no, look, I want this one. So I don't even know what I want. So good luck to Andy trying to figure out what to get me because I want them all. <laughs> This is where you've seen those TikToks where people take their partner's phones and like hold it up to their um, up to their mouth, and they're going, "Holiday, time off work, <laughs> diamond ring," <laughs> in the hopes that the phone will pick up on advertising for it. <laughs> I don't know how you would very subtly hint exactly what you're after. Anybody get mm. any, who listens to this who has any ideas, just do let us know because apparently subtlety is not our way. No, not for either three <laughs> of us. <laughs> the only thing I've said is do not spend a lot of money on it. Please, for the love of God, do not. Whether or not he listens is a completely different um, ball game. <laughs> I think I knew that I would want to choose. And yeah. also he has bought me jewellery in the past that has not always gone down well so yeah if in doubt my husband takes me shopping yeah so you know what that might actually be a good trial run is wish for jewellery for Christmas or something and see how well they do and then you'll know whether or not to be (laughs) subtle or direct (laughs) I did hear something or no I was reading something and it was tips for proposing and uh, guaranteeing a surprise uh, proposal and some of it just seemed like incredibly risky strategy to me, like asking what sort of thing that your partner would like and then also lining up all these romantic dates, which could be potential times for proposing and then not doing it. And I'm like, I think that's playing with fire. That's, yeah, that is cruel. cruel and stupid. I would be so angry. Know, especially <laughs> if they get themselves all geared up, go get the manicure tell friends I think I'm getting proposed to right now yeah and then it doesn't happen 
on that note, how many of you would actually write to friends, family, whoever it is, when you think it's happening? I'm the wrong person to ask. Mine was a complete surprise. My entire family knew as I was being wished well and waved off on holiday. And I just remembered my thinking my dad was being strange. Like he has a a kind of a joking little saying, be nice, be kind, be gentle. And he was saying this is, and I'm like, am I going on holiday with him? What's that about? (laughs) But he knew there was a proposal on its way. (laughs) So if your family start acting different around you... (laughs) To her credit, my mum never dropped any hints and never let it slip. And she knew about a month before I did. Nice. Mallory, are your family acting any different with going on holiday soon? (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) Um, But I would definitely want a hint because I would really want a nicely manicured hand for all the photos. So I'd be really disappointed if I had my horrible nail bitten stumpy nails and I didn't have a nice (laughs) manicure with french tips on for all those photo opportunities so yeah I need a bit of a heads up that it's happening from somebody (laughs) see I could probably be stuck on a farm hands in like hey get proposed to and I'd be fine trying to think if I even have the big proposal photo for somebody um edits a wedding magazine I'm very low maintenance in that (laughs) it's because you like being behind the screen Katie I think that's what I find is I like being behind the camera behind the microphone behind everything exactly exactly no need to be up front I'm perfectly okay with someone else taking that role (laughs) Yeah, I hope it, I I quite like your story, Katie. Getting taken away on holiday and Italy sounds great. It's actually somewhere that we've spoken about um, planning a trip to. We both want to go to the Amalfi Coast, so I can absolutely picture myself in Amalfi <laughs> with that down on one knee and getting given this gorgeous big gem. But now I'm just sort of setting myself up to have this sort of this image of what I want. So I, I don't want to be disappointed if I don't get it. <laughs> I think we've noticed with a lot of couples that we've spoken to as well, one of us, what was the difference between like being fiance to being married? But it seems most people say that the bigger difference was from being just a couple to being engaged, that that was a bigger switch mentally than from being engaged to being married. You've already mentally made that commitment. You know, this is the person you'll be with Mm. for the rest of your life. And it's, you know, and a wedding takes at least a year. Well, can be less, but we're talking on average a year to two years to organize for the wedding that you want. So in mm. your mind, you're already a unit and a partnership. So, and that yeah. even though we, yeah. we do speak to couples and they say, I wasn't actually expecting that greater level of commitment, but it did happen after their wedding day. You're kind of already there as soon as the ring goes on your finger and the proposals there, mm. it's that asking someone, you know, it's a different from living with someone to them being engaged or the other way around if you do it that way I think it's as soon as you've made that switch that yes we are going to marry and these are vows and it's all legally binding too do you think there's anything that you would need to do to mentally prepare for that switch or mentally prepare after the engagement has has happened because you're obviously on this big high 
and then reality sets in of what you said <laughs> yes to. <laughs> I think I drank champagne for about a month afterwards because it also kept appearing in the house. And uh, but I do remember <laughs> the night we got engaged was in Milan and we went home, we rang the parents, then we switched our phones off. I think I'd text my two best friends and the phone went off. And um, yeah, and then did not sleep a wink that night. Just go, oh my goodness, I'm getting married. <laughs> Because I hadn't been expecting so it. much yeah. to do. Well, not even that. It was just like, oh, <laughs> this is a big change. But yeah. no, it was absolute. I'd be so unhappy if my best friend texts me to say, I've just gotten engaged. Okay, turn my phone off. I'd be like, no. <laughs> text me. I know. And then we'll cut to a flurry of messages the next day. Word had obviously got around, drew in, text the girls and work. And then it just kept getting all these messages. Um, but yeah I think being on holiday helped because it was we could decide when our phones were on and just like really mm. ease into it and enjoy just being the two of us in a wee bubble for the next however many days so I remember we then went up to Lake Como and uh, just standing waiting for a boat and Graham and my husband just turned around to us and went we just got engaged <laughs> or yesterday we got engaged and just <laughs> needing to tell other people I said, you've got to play the we've just got engaged card because I'm sure there'll be lots of We didn't do that, but in. we did do that on honeymoon. Arrived at uh, nice. the hotel when we were in Lisbon yes. and uh, just went, we just got married. Instant upgrade up to like the business classroom. And it was like, every time we left the room, <laughs> we went back and would jokingly say, I wonder what they've left this time. There was always a pudding or a new bottle of really? champagne or something. So it's like, wow, this is amazing. Do you think that still works to do with flights? So you can get like bumped up to business <laughs> class. <laughs> I've never tried. <laughs> Mallory, I'll that's your it. homework. Yeah, you're on holiday soon. Yep. <laughs> you need to tr- test it soon. You know, you're just making it abundantly clear engagement needs to happen. So you're testing the waters on how people will receive that generally with the upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trial for work. <laughs> Andy would be mortified. <laughs> Andy would be mortified. That's it from us on Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Don't forget to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to be featured on next week's story, get in touch with sales at yourscottishwedding.co.uk.